Hello and welcome to the Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast. The elements are a metaphor, a simple organizational system to help us understand business and ourselves as business owners. And they are the components of nature, the roots of magic, and the building blocks of life. We all have some aspects of life and business where we thrive and others that are more challenging. By looking at these things elementally, we remove shame and judgment and can discern which elements would help us bring ourselves into balance. Earth, root chakra, Capricorn, Taurus, Virgo. Earth rules the parts of business that keep us safe and secure as we do our soul work. Sustainability, finances, contracts, systems, our core values, and clarity about exactly what our medicine is and how we fit into the ecosystem are governed by Earth element. Air, heart and third eye chakra, Gemini, Libra, Aquarius. Air rules our big vision, our ultimate picture of success. It's where we connect our medicine to a mission and decide what kind of impact we want to create during our time on this planet. Water, sacral chakra, cancer, Scorpio, Pisces. This is the realm of our emotions and business is emotional. How we feel about people, ourselves, visibility, uncertainty, how we handle stress and disappointment, all of this and more affects how you navigate your business. Water element is where we learn to resource ourselves and expand our capacity to hold the big feelings that come with doing our work in the world. Fire, solar plexus chakra, Aries, Leo, Sagittarius. Fire is where we take our gifts, our uniqueness, and our creations and we blaze them out into the world. All things selling, marketing, and the day-to-day actions of running our business are ruled by fire. Too much fire and we burn out. Not enough, and our business never makes it off the ground. And spirit, crown chakra. Every good gardener knows the day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. Spirit rules the faith required to keep tending your business long before you've seen a single sprout of evidence that it's growing. No matter what you believe in, spirit element is what you travel through after you leap and before you land. Life thrives when all of the elements are in balance. So do you, and so will your business. To find out your dominant element, take our quiz at intuitiveedgecoaching.com slash quiz. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello, beautiful friends. Welcome to the Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah. If you are here for the first time, welcome. I'm so happy to have you joining us here. If you are returning, welcome back. I love that you keep on coming back for more and more and more. Today's episode is really beautiful and inspiring, and like many of my favorite episodes, was the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Um, I love having a podcast. I really do. I could not tell you how much I love having a podcast. And one of my favorite things about having a podcast is getting to invite people who I think are really cool to be a guest on my podcast and then finding out they are just as delightful in conversation as I always suspected they would be and becoming friends with them. And I just love that I get to do this so much. So I have been following Lexi D'Angelo, today's guest, 
for years and years, and we talk a bit about her business journey in the beginning of the episode. I watched her business go through many iterations, and something I always loved about her was that this seemed to be a person who was not afraid to pivot in their business, no matter how big the business was becoming. And I have to tell you, I coach entrepreneurs at all levels, right? In my membership, most of the time, I'm coaching people who are either just starting out in their business or they haven't yet hit a six-figure annual revenue in their business. But in my private work, I'm coaching people of all levels, including entrepreneurs who are making annual six figures, multiple six-figure, quarter million, half a million dollar businesses. And I can tell you for sure, there are people who you might look at and think, this is someone who has the business everyone wants. They are making all this money. They have all of these customers. They have all these followers. They have the branding. Everything looks so good. But when I get with them in a session, what I find out is that behind the scenes, they are paralyzed with fear of following their creativity, following their intuition, making changes. They feel stuck. They feel trapped. They've built this big audience and now they feel beholden to their audience, right? They work for their audience. And so they might feel like, well, I can't share the things that I really want to share because I might lose customers or people might not agree with me, or I can't offer this new product that I really want to create because people all know me for this. And if I offer this new thing, I might lose some of those people. And I see them trapped in comparison and saying, okay, well, there are these other people in my industry who are doing it this way. And so maybe I should do it that way. And it can be really challenging. I think we think of some of those symptoms of like a lack of self-trust and a lack of confidence being endemic to people who are at the beginning stages of their entrepreneurship journey. And that by the time you're making a lot of money, you've figured those things out. But what I can tell you for sure is that that's not the case. And that people who reach that point, um, they sometimes feel really, really trapped by their business. And it can be even scarier because now they've tasted quote unquote success, right? They know how to do something that's working. And the fear of losing that can be really difficult to navigate. And what can end up happening is you can end up feeling like, okay, well, I have all the money and I have all the clients, but now I'm not happy in my business. Now I've created myself a fancy trap. And it takes a lot of self-trust. It takes a lot of courage to really believe, if I did this once, I can do it again. I can do it again and again and again. I'm allowed to grow. My customers can come in and out of my business. People can decide that we've grown apart. Relationships can end, right? I don't need to have relationship scarcity in any area of my life, including in my business. And as I grow and change and evolve, I can allow my business to grow and change and evolve. And yeah, sometimes I'm going to disappoint people, right? Sometimes people are going to be bummed. Sometimes I might get nasty customer feedback from people who are like, I followed you for this one thing and I didn't follow you for this and I'm leaving, right? That happens. But believing in yourself enough to allow that to happen, having enough unshakable self-confidence and self-trust to know that you can follow your own instincts, your own inspiration, and your own creativity, no matter what level of business you're on, is really important. 
And I think that that's something that Lexi highlights so beautifully in this episode. And so I'm really excited for you to get a chance to hear from her. And I also want to share just a quick little announcement before we dive into this episode that if you hard relate to this, if you are finding yourself in a situation where you have a business and it's going pretty well, or you have a following and it's going pretty well, and but also you are no longer happy and you want to change things, but you're scared. Uh, I would love to invite you to work together with me in Best Year Yet. I am only taking five private clients for 2024, and the doors are open for that right now. I will put all the information for that in the show notes, but the inner work, the water work required for you to build a level of self-trust and unshakable confidence in who you are, what you're doing, what you want to do, and your ability to reinvent yourself and reinvent your business over and over and over again is something that can be cultivated. And I really believe from the bottom of my heart, it doesn't matter how much money you're making if you're not happy with how you're making it, right? Because at that point, we could just go get a job. So if this is something that you feel like you need support with, I would love to support you. And the links for that will be in the show notes. Uh, Without further ado, enjoy this beautiful episode with Lexi D'Angelo. a really fun, exciting episode. I can already tell this conversation is going to be good. I have Lexi D'Angelo on the pod. Lexi has been a leader in the coaching industry for nearly a decade and achieved the seven-figure business dream. But when she became a mama, she realized that true success can't be measured in dollars and vanity metrics. Life is about meaningful connection, unapologetic expression, wild joy, sacred purpose, finding magic in the mundane, and of course, epic sex, my girl. She burned her seven-figure empire to the ground and has been in the liminal and mysterious waters of the sacred pause. She's prioritizing her highest expression and making sure her top priorities aren't lost in the daily grind, but the stars that guide her days. Right now, she has no niche. If she's living it, she's oversharing it. Whether it's mamahood, relationships, purpose, spirituality, home, lifestyle, or her latest maple matcha, she's serving it hot. Lexi, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Sarah. I'm so excited to be here. You're so welcome. I used to do people's intros in the intro, like not with in front of them, but I've discovered the magic of reading people's bios out loud while they have to just sit there and hear their own accolades. Cause I think it's like kind of uncomfortable to hear your own bio. Like I think all of us have a little inner cringe at our own credits, but it's also, I think so good for us to just sit there. Yeah, it is me and I am the bomb. You know, I actually loved listening to that because I feel like for, not for once, but I'm in this space where there's just so much possibility. And I think, well, this could be like a whole, a whole deep dive, but I think a lot of my worth was rooted in who I was as a business owner and my success and my accomplishment, my achievements. And so I've been learning to be like, who am I without that seven figure business? Who am I just as I am? And it's been a very humbling 
<laughs> an interesting experiment and experience. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm like itching to dive into a million things already, but the important things before we start, because the kids will want to know your big three and your human design type and authority. <laughs> okay. Yes. My Sag Sun, Aries Moon, and uh, Virgo Rising. I am a projector with emotional authority. Okay. Fire and earth, baby. Love it. And projector with, with emo Okay. I'm so excited. Projectors, listen up. Because to... I think to run a business, even the size of the businesses that you have run as a projector is a special set of skills because I am best friends with many projectors mm -hmm. and they're like, I'm a generator mm -hmm. and I just, it seems hard to have, you know, my best friend is like, I have a three to four hour cap on things mm -hmm. I can do in a day. And that includes life things. Mm -hmm. So like I can have a day where I can like run errands and clean my house and have a doctor's appointment, but I can't also work for three to four hours on that day because those are all the hours I have. Yeah. People are really confused when I say I'm a projector. And I mean, I have a lot of days like that, but when I get like really into something, it's, I go down a whole different rabbit hole of space and time and I could literally do it nonstop. So it's, I don't know. I don't think it's the typical projector situation, but I've I also had fire, a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of that lot fire of, earth combo is probably very helpful on the days that your projector tank runs out. You're like, I'm doing it anyway. And then the yeah. verbal dedication to completion. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of Capricorn in my chart too. So there's like, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of interesting stuff at play here. I love this. I will climb this mountain. Capricorn women too are amazing. Okay. So everyone you've heard, you've placed this astrologically and human design wise. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. the reason I asked Lexi here today, and I love that your, what you wrote in um, on the form is so about liminal space, right? Because we're coming into fall in the northern hemisphere fall and winter where I've been thinking a lot about like Persephone and underworld yeah. journeys and liminal space and intentional liminal space I always think of the end of the year especially as intentional liminal space mm -hmm. and first of all liminal space is for those of you who are not familiar with that term just in case it's the space in between things yes and I think in our culture, and I think under capitalism, I think that liminal space is terrifying. Like everyone really wants us to have an answer all the time for what our plans are and what we're doing next and where we're headed. Yeah. And like in every movie, like liminal spaces are a montage, like mm -hmm. they're very fast. <laughs> mm -hmm. And in real life, the experience of intentional in between and just hanging out in the space between one thing ending and another thing even revealing itself, not starting, because there is something different about, I know what I'm going to do next, but I haven't started yet. Yes. Being in like, I don't even know, and I'm sitting in that is so terrifying for most people. Yes. And when I first reached out to you to be on the show, what my pitch was, and I was so excited that you answered was, I've been watching your business for years. And from the outside, I've seen you have a website business and a witchy business school and doing like relationship and sex coaching. I've watched you become a mom and mm -hmm. I've watched you pivot publicly mm -hmm. over and over and reinvent yourself over and over. 
And from the outside, it seems effortless, unapologetic, authentic. You're just like, hey, this is what we're doing now, kids. Come on. (laughs) Yes. And I think so many people are so scared to do that. And so I'm so excited to have you here today to talk about maybe, first of all, what that experience was like on the inside versus from watching it. And then how you decide when the time is to burn down a seven-figure business and just do whatever you want. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. There's my mind sees 20 different paths that we can go down in this conversation right now. Um, I think the first thread here is yes, it's gooey and crunchy and messy and all of that for sure. And we can totally get into that. And I am somebody who is allergic to doing anything that's not authentic. Like I cannot, and this has been the reason for a lot of pivots. And there's been some really big wake up calls that have like kind of shooken me up and been like, okay, come on, like, let's see the signs here. Um, But I will say it's really, really fucking hard for me to passionately talk about something and show up online if I am not living and breathing it. So if it's not something that feels like it's lighting a fire in me that I really am embodied in or that matters, I'm almost repulsed. Like I I just, it's so hard to put my energy forth in a way and then it doesn't work. Like it just doesn't work. Um, and things fall flat and, you know, the money stops coming in or, you know, all these different things just kind of go flatlined. So I think that, and and sometimes that's actually not even the case. Sometimes it seems to be working on the surface, but just deeper down, I know that it's just out of alignment and integrity for me. But I think that I've just learned throughout so many pivots is I've, I've become so practiced in the pivot that I do trust that liminal space. I know that after winter spring comes, and honestly, this has been the longest winter of them all. And I feel like it's almost been like almost been two years of wintering and like maybe some signs of spring and then whoop, nope. Um, And it's okay. And I'm not pushing it right now. And yeah, there's so much more to share in there, but I think that's the first thread for me. I love this so much. And I relate deeply to the way that I always say it is I'm 100% on board or I'm 0% on board. It's also the reason that I like can't have a job. Mm. Um, I say all the time, I'm like, I'm not an entrepreneur because I'm so entrepreneurial and I'm so into leadership. I'm an entrepreneur because I'm unemployable. Mm. When I was younger, I would just walk out of jobs. Like, and it, I would like the job, but the second someone like introduces a plan I don't think is a good plan or like I'm not 100% on board with a leadership decision or a direction or I think something stupid, I'm like, no, I'm leaving. (laughs) I was like that in elementary school. Like they'd be like, it's math time. And I'd be like, no, I'm going to read. Like, I don't care. And I think there is, there's a personality type there. And I'm also like a neurodivergent person. And so there's just like this, like, "Mm." I, if I'm not all the way into it, I just, I'm so checked out that I can't make myself. And I think that the thing that's coming up for me right now is like, 
making ourselves do things, making ourselves push through and override our inner knowing, making ourselves push through and override discomfort is kind of a normal state of being for most people most of the time to the point where like the idea that they could follow their own discomfort or check out and be like, oh, that means it's time to do something different and I'm just allowed to is so foreign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's so interesting. My husband jokes around that he's like one of the very few things that has lasted all these, all these years. And it's, you know, it's so interesting because there is something to be said for being, you know, devoted to something and reinventing your relationship with it and all that. And honestly, like I've tried to do that in various instances and it has worked, but I think at a certain point, like when you know, you know, and I think we're all just wired differently. Like there are some people who really can just constantly reinvent their relationship to their business or that thing that they're talking about, find a new angle, make it more personal, make it more whatever. And I tried, I honestly, like I tried and it just, it just didn't, didn't work for me. Um, and one other thing I'll say is during this time, it what although in the past I've been like, yep, I'm done. Like, all right, next thing. I had like a really big health scare that happened and I honestly didn't know what the state of my future was going to be. And so that scared the shit out of me. And I was just thinking to myself constantly, like, how can I be pouring so much of my time, my energy, my money, et cetera, into this business when it it just feels like I'm bleeding out and I'm not, Yes, I was being poured into in some ways, but for the most part, it just felt like a huge giving and like energy leak. And I was just like, what's important to me right now? And it was my health. It was my family. It was the people who mattered most to me. And I really had to, yeah, it, it was such a hard decision in so many ways to shut down Taboo because there was so much potency in it it changed so many people's lives the team members that I had on my team were like for life they were basically like we are going to be in this do for life no matter what and getting that in this industry is really hard so I was saying goodbye to so much magic and just yeah things that I had only dreamed of creating but where I was in my life at the time just there was, it felt like to me, there was no other choice, but to shut down the doors and to really prioritize self and family. And then to allow myself to just be in this space where I wasn't really holding anyone else or anything and really could cultivate that for myself and my family. But it was a really, really hard decision, but ultimately it felt so, so true for me. Mm, Okay. There's two things I want to touch on. Sorry. Of course, my cat chooses the moment I unmute to do something loud. I love it. She wants to be heard too. She really wants to be involved. Uh, Yeah. Just sidebar about what's happening with the cat situation. If you're listening on the pod is that I'm sitting somewhere different. And you know, if you have animals that this is now the most interesting thing that's ever happened for me to be, I moved a chair. And so the whole room is different and must be explored. Exactly. Must be. Must be explored. Okay. So devotion. 
I, I love that word. It's one of my favorite words. I have a little thing that a student made me that sits on my altar and it's one of my mantras and it's devotion creates miracles. I am mm -hmm. a fan of devotion. I sit with the word and the concept and the what am I devoted to? What am I in service to? Is a question I ask myself all the time. And it's a question that I ask myself also as part of a decision making process. What am I devoted to in this moment? What am I in service to? And are the choices that I'm making and the actions that I'm taking actually aligned with what I'm devoted to and what I'm in service to? And again, back to this idea of like when we override our inner knowing or we don't believe that we can follow our feelings, there's two things. One is like there's a difference in texture between I am still completely devoted to this relationship or this business or this artistic practice or this concept. I'm still completely in devotion to this and I'm going through a lull or a rut or a hard day and I don't feel like it, right? Like that happens. And yes. on those times, you know what you need to do to manage yourself to either be like, hey, it's okay. I'm just going to be in my rut, but I know I don't want to quit. I'm just in a rut. And mm -hmm. that feels different than the like, oh, I am no longer committed to this thing being the pathway of expression for this devotion. Yes. Right? Like I, or the thing I'm really devoted to deep down is not this business as it stands. It's following my creative expression. The thing I'm really devoted to deep down is being of service to my community and my community changed. And so now this business isn't an accurate representation of who I'm in service to, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think devotion is one of those words like discipline that can be weaponized to mean stick to things you're no longer really into yes. versus <laughs> like this beautiful internal check-in of is this still an accurate representation of my devotion? And knowing sometimes you can be super devoted to something and in a rut, and that doesn't mean you're no longer into it. You're just in a rut and that happens. Exactly. And honestly, I thought that that was the case because even before shutting down the doors, there had been multiple instances within the business where I was like in a rut or feeling that funk. And I was like, no, like I really am committed to this. And it just needs to be reinvented. I need to switch things up. And it, that actually felt really good and true at the time. So you're so right. I love exactly what you just said. I had those moments and was able to just really stay rooted in like the why I created this business and just rejigged the way that I was showing up and the way that we were holding our students inside of the experience, et cetera, et cetera, until it got to the point where it was really clear, okay, this really is no longer the thing that feels true for me to put my devotional energy um, towards. And it felt like a, just a total like, wait, what? Because again, so much of the identity was wrapped around this and it was a shedding of this whole persona of who I had lived into and who I thought I was going to be. And there's so much more woven into this as well, where when my husband and I were talking about wanting to have kids or not, I was so scared that having children was going to 
burn my business to the ground. I thought it was going to ruin it. And I didn't want to sacrifice that because at the time my business was everything to me. Um, and long story short, it's interesting because having my daughter Aislinn was the catalyst of me realizing like, okay, this isn't the thing that I'm really wanting to be devoted to. And yet it's all perfect. Um, so it's so interesting how we can fear something so much. And yet the thing ultimately could happen and it could be the best thing for you. So it's life is a wild ride. <laughs> and this brings us so perfectly back into the concept of a liminal space, right? Because the fear most of the time that you're so perfectly describing is I can't picture what else yeah who else right like I know what this is and I know all the really good things about this and I know that I like this and I know that I like who I am here and there's so much about this that is positive and it's not that I couldn't be anyone else or couldn't do anything else but I can't picture it right now and I yeah. don't know what I would be if not this and mm -hmm. that unknown like being willing to unravel with no clear destination of what's next for most people is the scariest thing, right? We have millennia of evolution in our little brains designed to be completely afraid of the things we can't see and the things we don't know. That's what, that's what danger is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so what I what I hear in this and recognize in you and just want to like applaud you for is like a willingness to go into the mystery. Thank you. Cause people talk about that and they yeah. talk about like, they say it like it's a romance, like surrender. People love to talk about <laughs> surrender and you're like, surrender is the most painful, yes. awful, like gut wrenching. Uh, and like, especially if you got a lot of earth in your chart, y'all like, we don't like, or we're fine. Yeah, we don't like the surrendering. I want to be in control. I want to know what's happening. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. I want to have a plan. I want to know for 100% sure I'm going to be okay. Yes. Oh. I want to like line item my budget. I want to be on top of my schedule. <laughs> all of that, all of that. And there is this part of me that gets off on the unknown and is like, like, because I think I do love to control so much. And I'm like, I got to know this and I got to know that. And I'm, then I'm going to do all these things. And then when it's this, like, just got to completely surrender. It's kind of like, oh my God. Oh God, this is scary, but it's kind of kinky and like kind of fun and kind of like, whoa. I'm so glad you said it. Because as you were saying this, I was like, oh, this is about to pivot into a bondage conversation. And I'm so <laughs> excited. Yeah, but it's it's true. There's like this like ability to finally just let yourself go because at least in my experience, and I've gotten better at this over the years, but at least in the beginning, like I did not know how to take breaks. I did not know how to carve out that, yeah, that time to pause. And um, so to finally like even be forced to, or like to get sick, I'd sometimes look forward to because I thought that like, that was my way to rest which is so fucked up uh 
And now that's not so much the case, but there's still this like, oh, I can just not have any responsibility. I'm like, I just let go. Like who knows? Oh, and it kind of hurts, but it feels good to feel all these feelings and this stuff. And, and then it can get to the point where it's like, okay, but I'm fucking over this. <laughs> so like, there's like, there's like, yeah, oh, this feels good. But then there's the wait, okay. I thought it was going to be over. Wait, this is still going on. Ooh, okay. And so there's definitely been those moments throughout the past like year or two where I've been enjoying it, getting off on it. And then also like, when the fuck does this end? Because I'm usually someone again with that earth and that fire that I get that spark and I'm like, all right, and now we go and now we ride it. Um, and I've gotten a lot of those sparks here and there. And the amount of content and stuff I've created, even behind the scenes, which just have, haven't released, is so interesting and so unlike me. And I'm just really letting it all simmer and not pushing and not putting like a, okay, by this time, like I need to figure this out, um, which is freeing, but it's also like, where am I going? I'm not sure. And I think that's okay. <laughs> Hey entrepreneur, I don't care what stage of business you're in, if you're doing it alone, you're doing it wrong. We need people. We need people in our corner. We need outside eyes. We need someone to go to. We need that in case of emergency break glass person that we can call when we're stuck or frustrated or overwhelmed, when we aren't sure what move to make, or when we just want to celebrate our accomplishments. We need the right people on our team. No one who has ever built a big, successful business does it alone. You should not be trying to do it all alone. You need people in your corner because owning and running a business might be one of the hardest things you ever do. And most people in your life simply won't be able to relate or guide you if they've never done what you're trying to do. Ideally, I'd like to see you in one-on-one -on -one coaching so that I can really be a partner to you behind the scenes in the day-to-day -day of your business and walk alongside you through every season, every stage, even into the nitty-gritty details. But if you're not ready for that, at the very least, I want you to get into the Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven. Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven is the number one resource you need for success as a heart-centered creative entrepreneur. There is truly nothing else like it on the market. It's a hybrid of courses, group coaching, a mastermind, and a brilliant supportive community all in one. Joining the Coven will connect you to teaching and tools designed to guide you through every single step of building and scaling your business to six figures. No more questioning what to do all by yourself. No more buying random one-off courses on different topics and trying to patchwork it all together. Every single topic you need is covered. We're talking from legal structure to contracts to branding to marketing to product development, launching, you name it, it's in here. Can you imagine never having to buy another course again because you've already got it all under one roof and if you need something, you can just search it and find it? That alone is worth the investment. But you also get access to bi-weekly, high-impact, live group coaching sessions with me, ongoing workshops with guest experts, and our private Facebook group so that you can stop doing business alone. 
and you should. An Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven is one amazing way that you can do that. Go to intuitiveedgecoaching.com slash coven, C-O-V-E-N, to join today. And as a special thank you for being a listener to the pod, simply enter the code podcast on any checkout page for 11% off your first three months of membership at any level. That's intuitiveedgecoaching.com slash coven and enter the code podcast at checkout. I can't wait to help you grow your business so that you can make a bigger impact, help more people, share your gifts with a larger audience, and make the money you deserve to be making for your gifts, skills, and talents. But most of all, I want to see you so confident and so self-assured that you are just as talented at running a business as you are at the thing you and that is within reach when you join the coven. So I can't wait to see you inside. Let's get back to the show. I think that's so important too, because this idea of like, oh, I have to figure it out by this time, that can put so much pressure on the process. And like that can also stalemate A, your decision-making process or pressure, like create internal pressure to make a decision that later you're like, oh, I don't know for sure that this was really the thing. It was just like the best of the options I had in mind at the time. And I had put this deadline on myself. And so this is what we did. And sometimes like everything has nuance and personal experience and context behind it. There are times, I will say this for like my chronic overthinkers, for instance, there are times where sometimes it's beneficial to be like, pick something by Friday and fucking make a choice. And if it's wrong, you'll change it later, but you have to do something. And there are other times that that's not the move. (laughs) Right. And that's the thing is I think in the past, a lot of what I've created has sadly, and this is maybe the Capricorn, but come from a place of I have to be the best. Oh, they're doing it this way. I'm going to do it better. Or let me prove myself. I'm going to show so-and-so that, you know, I can be successful. And a lot of that was sadly motivated extrinsically. And of course, some of it came from this internal desire and this excitement and this passion. But I'm realizing even when I'm feeling the like, oh, I'm excited now. A lot of the times I'm seeing, oh, it's in response to like, oh, that person shared this and, oh, I think I could do it in a really cool way or, and, and so I'm trying my hardest to, with my emotional authority, especially see where I'm like getting those excitement bursts. And is it still like there, like 48 hours later, or even a week or two later for me? And if not, like oh, okay, like I'm just being influenced by these other energies, which is cool and great and can be helpful in some situations, but also just becoming so discerning about what's mine, what's someone else's, the reason and the like root of where this is coming from. And there hasn't been even, I literally almost launched something like last week and it it felt like something that was marinating for almost like nine months and I was about to release it. And then I went on this retreat and I was like, I can't release this. Like, it's just, it's not it. It's not the thing. And that was so hard because again, like it felt like this thing had been brewing behind the scenes and I had been teasing it on my stories and everything. And I'm like, no, like that would just, if I, if I shared this now in its form, it would just turn into something that I feel like I would be like, eh, I'm bored with onto the next thing. And so 
I, again, don't know when that clear certainty thing is going to come through. And that's really scary, especially for someone who's loves being creative and loves being in like, that's my magic a lot of the time. So it's, it's so bizarre. So bizarre. I love where we just got to. And I was, I was thinking this as I was hearing you say it. And then you used the word that I was thinking of, which is creative. And I think that something really important here to me and hopefully for the people who are listening to this is as a creative and an entrepreneur, right? I am a quote unquote creative entrepreneur. I am also a creative person. I'm an artist. I am a creative. Like I love creating Mm -hmm. and I am not just a business owner, but an entrepreneur who have started multiple businesses. I think a hard thing for us sometimes is discerning what's a business and what's a project. Yeah, and a passion. Right, and like what's a business and what's um, like something I'm just going to give make one time and give away and have people be like, what was that thing? Be like, I don't know, I wanted to make it and I shared it and it's done and that was it. Like I don't – we are also kind of in this zeitgeist of like you should monetize everything. I saw – do you know Michelle Pelazon from Holisticism? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. She posted on her stories, like, if you've been victimized by the hobby to you should monetize this pipeline, like, you might be entitled to compensation. She's like, <laughs> I was bored, so I started knitting. And then it turned out I'm good at knitting. And then next thing you know, everyone's telling me I should start a knitting business. So I started a yes. knitting business, and now I hate knitting. And this was the worst idea. We, like, it, you don't, we don't all have to monetize everything we're good at all the time. And then also, like, it is okay to sometimes even if we do sell it to create something that we know we're only going to do once and like get out of our system that's like a little passion project I, I like I think like I make books and I still publish them I make little journals and I make a book called the master moon book that's like a year-long new moon full moon guided journal I make them because I love making books and I love books And I sell them because they're cool and people like them, but I don't have a book company Mm. and I don't want to start one. It's just like, you know, if I sell 50 of these a year, it's cute and fun and I do it for me because I like it. And I don't think it confuses my audience about what my company is or what I do. Like we get to both be serious entrepreneurs and serious business people and like sometimes do stuff for fun and just to release it and just to share it and like just to make it Mm. we're allowed to do that everybody (laughs) yes that is such a good reminder and in total transparency I think there has been this piece of me that's afraid like I said or hinted to before but who am I without the business like am I warranted or allowed in certain circles still now that I don't have this seven figure business. Yeah, I did, but like not now it's gone. Right. And yeah, it's, it's interesting to think about rooms that I used to be in or things that I used to be a part of. And I'm like, Oh, do I not have like access to that anymore because of like this decision to close down a business and is that doesn't feel really good. Like, so do I want to be hanging out with those people anyway? And you know, it's like, it's, it's such a, a mind fuck and an ego fuck around like where, where does this land me? And so I have found myself feeling like, okay, well, 
I love being in the room with these creative thinkers, these entrepreneurs. And um, because I think there's like a certain energy and way about, you know, entrepreneurs that I love and creatives. But if I'm in this pause, and if I never decide to be an entrepreneur again, which I would be very surprised about, um, what does that mean? And so it's just been, yeah, it's been really uh, like a really personal like struggle to navigate and to kind of try to wrap my mind around. And so I find myself like wanting to be back in the scene because I want to be back in those circles, back in those conversations. And so I'm realizing for me, it's not so much even about entrepreneurship. It's about this feeling of belonging. It's about this feeling of being able to create meaningful, deep conversation and connection. And I don't need entrepreneurship to do that to your point. Like, I don't need this business. I don't need to monetize it. And I don't need to do this to find friends or to find my community. There's other routes, but that had been like my, my key to unlocking like those, those doors and those pathways in the past. And so it's, um, yeah, it's, it's really fascinating to just observe that and to see this at play. I'm about to say something a little shady about the entrepreneurial business world, especially the like feminine business world and the spiritual business world and the self-help business world. I think there's something a little shitty about having the realization that when we're in all those rooms and people are praising our creativity and our ingenuity and our training and our skill and our leadership and our thought leadership and our uh, creativity, all those things. And then you realize, oh no, it was my earning potential, my earning capacity, the number of clients I had. We are all walking around saying, oh, we have you here because you're this thought leader. But really you have me here because I have a multi six figure or seven figure business mm -hmm. and I have a lot of customers and I have a lot of perceived success. Yes. And that when I no longer have those metrics that we all like are giving lip service to not caring about, mm -hmm. I am no longer invited. And there's such an illusion shattering mm -hmm. thing of mm -hmm. like, no, it is a, a lot of still just like that old school bro business mentality with a veneer of new thinking on top of it. Totally, 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 totally. And, you know, it's funny because I was journaling around something the other day and just thinking about like, who are the people who I genuinely just feel the most connected to, who I would love to invite to just be with me in person for a weekend or a few days or whatever. And the amount of earning, like, it was not even a thing. It was actually people that were my past clients who are no longer in business, who never longer do this. And it's just like, you're so right. It, and and I think it helped me realize like, that's not, and I, I know this, but it's hard to um, sometimes break away from this conditioning, especially like my very first business coach, we all, we were like in a 200 person program. And every week we'd put into a spreadsheet, like the amount of people we gained on our list and the amount of money we made and everyone could see. And you only got invited to like be part of her magazine. If, if you were like one of the top people. And so like, that was, the, and it's just like, it's so steeped into, yeah, the way that I've done things. And I'm 
in the past and that has repulsed me. And yet I still find myself applying those rules to myself, even if I'm not applying them necessarily to other people. Uh, and I'm like, wow, that's fucked up. Uh, and of course there are moments where I'm like, yeah, I have a lot to offer as just me, but there are just to let all of you in absolutely these moments. And I, and I just like to be real about it because I think we can see people who have had a certain amount of success and think that they're a certain way or I don't know. And, and the more I have been in the quote unquote room with people, the more and more I realize just how fucking human everyone is. And there's, there should be never be that hierarchy because of earning potential, et cetera. And yet a lot of the cool experiences I've been a part of have been with some of those mentors, et cetera, but not all of them. And yeah, it's just, um, I keep saying like, it's just so interesting. I just find it also fascinating to just be an observer from a new perspective than I've been in when I was like so ingrained in all of it. And to me, it's wild because like, there's like no greater qualification for expertise. Like there's no one I'd rather talk to or have on a panel than someone who had what everyone wants and walked away from it versus someone who has it right now. <laughs> Because like what it takes to have the thing that everyone wants and choose to walk away from it. I'm like, oh, you know something nobody's talking about. That's the person I want to listen to. Totally feel The people who walk away from fame, the people who are like, you know, I was a movie star and I quit, right? Mm -hmm. Like those are the people I'm like, we need to hear more from those people because their insights on the inside of that industry the yes. insights you get on the other side of whatever, having the thing, having the dream, having the experience that everyone thinks they want and being like, oh, it's not only not all it cracked up to be, but I thought I wanted this and I got there and it turned out it didn't give me all the things I thought it would give me. And I had to get so much more deeply intimate with myself and what I want and what I'm in devotion to and make a really hard decision. Mm -hmm. That is so much insight, so much character. Like those are the people we should be looking at, following, wanting to hear from. Totally. I'm so with you on that. And of course there are people who are doing the thing and living full lives and really in their purpose. And so that is absolutely true too. But yeah, for me, I think that there was this realization too that, oh my gosh, like I'm cultivating this magic and creating these incredible communities where people are finding like their best friends and all this. And I did that because like, that's really what I wanted for myself. I wanted to create the magic in my life. I wanted to find the meaningful friendships and connections, you know, beyond all this, you know, surface level shit. And, huh. Oh, wow. I have some of that in my life for sure, but it's not the level that I would expect in, in, deeply know to be true for me. And yeah, so that's been a whole shift over the past year or two as well as like not making the online world my world and really like really being intentional about curating and cultivating the relationships, the connection, the magic, et cetera, in my personal worlds where no one even sees anything, but yeah, like that's what I needed. And, and it was what I was trying to create, but I was creating it for everyone else and not myself. Mm. So I know we've already been talking forever. I feel like I could talk to you for a hundred years and I want to like talk, I want to go in a million directions still, but I think what I would love is 
if you would be willing to kind of give us like a bird's eye view or a little story of the development and the growing of what became the Taboo Institute and then the decision to close it. Like, what were you, what was that like for you? Okay. In as brief of a story as I can create, as you can probably tell from this podcast episode, I'm a very multi-passionate person. And I always, before Taboo, saw myself as like, you know, jack of all trades, so to speak. And I really wanted to claim my position as like master, like I can be the person for this. And so it really excited me when I had all these modalities under my belt that I had been certified in, I had gone to like trainer level with, and I was like, yes, like I am a master at facilitating transformation. And I have all these epic modalities in my toolkit. And so again, like it felt good from an ego level and it felt good to be able to facilitate this, but I was like, yes, okay. I found my thing and I just wanted to have a thing so badly. Um, and so I finally had my thing and it was, it was a true expression for me and it felt really fucking good to, yeah, be certifying all these other coaches and these, these life-changing tools. And, um, I want to hop in really, really quick just to say for those of you who don't know about Lexi's certification program, because I do think this is an important point in the coaching world, there are only two real certifying bodies. There's the ICF and the ICBP, and you were, is that right, International Board, uh, ICCP. P, coaches yeah. and practitioners. There are there are other boards actually outside of that. I would say that yeah, there's there's some more well-known ones, but there are multiple boards, but there's really no one governing body in the coaching industry. And so that was a whole thing for me that felt so tricky and out of integrity because some of the positions and the rules and, you know, the values that some of these boards had and that we were supposed to be in accordance with, like, just did not resonate with me at all and so we broke away from one of the boards that we were affiliated with and that created Ooh, okay i was you were it was ibcp right that yeah what i was going to say was that one of the things that i knew about your program that i always really respected and one of the reasons that i was tapped in and following your work was because you took the time to make sure that your program uh people who were certified for you through you were ibcp standard certified coaches and that like there are just a lot of unregulated coaching certifications that are somewhat meaningless on the market and you can go to lots of people's quote-unquote training programs and be certified by someone who made stuff up and doesn't have any kind of like praxis level that has a standard and so when Lexi is saying she was certifying people I just want to like hold up for a a little bit like the level of rigor of the program that you had created and the types of coaches you were training. Thank you. Yeah. And again, that's a whole other podcast episode because I don't believe that even the boards and the certifying bodies that be are the standard because we wanted to go a level above that even like that to us just didn't feel an integrity. And so that was a whole thing, but we really, yes, we created this incredible body of work that was, you know, really truly just so comprehensive um and and then we one of the big pivots we had was because we broke away from the board and we really wanted to 
make it our own even further and create this like next level of mastery and magic and everything within it. Um, but then long story short, they're becoming pregnant to be completely honest, changed so much for me. It made me just start to like reevaluate things, especially when I was <laughs> super sick and I didn't have the, the energy that I had for the output that was needed. Um, and there were, there were so many micro moments that honestly led up to this, but the big thing was that health scare that had me just being like, okay, the doors need to close. Um, but I want to make sure what was your, can you run what was your specific question? So I'm sorry, I derailed us, um, was building it and then kind of like what it became and then the decision to close it. Yeah. I mean, like that's, I think that's the thing that was so hard is that it became, yeah, it became like a, a really beautiful program. And that was really well known in the industry. And um, so there was that piece of the ego death that had to happen with letting it go. But ultimately, throughout even like before the healthcare situation, my heart like just wasn't feeling a 1000% in it. But I had made a commitment, right? And I had said like, okay, this goes until X date and we had team on board and everything. And so we're like, we're going to go through the end of this. It might, it could be the ending of this, but we didn't say anything about that. We were doing everything honestly in our power to work so hard at like reviving it, especially on a marketing standpoint. But again, like I said before, when my heart and soul isn't in it, it wasn't working. And we were having team marketing. We were having Facebook ads and everything was just kind of falling flat. And so little pieces started to crumble. And then with that, that health scare, it was just so clear that even though we had a certain date in mind when it would come to a complete end, it had to happen sooner. And that was a really, really difficult decision because there were so many different things that we had to do from a, like a client and student management perspective to make sure everyone felt like taken care of and you know didn't feel like we were just running away or anything like that so we we made a lot of time and space to close the container in the most integrity that we could but it was it was it was so hard and there were so many tears cried even though it was the right decision it was something that like really broke me down and um that I don't think I ever really conveyed publicly, like how difficult it was and how, yeah, how much it, it devastated me, to be honest. I'm thinking about, <laughs> I'm going to use the Gwyneth Paltrow phrase, like conscious uncoupling. I'm thinking about breakups of marriages or long-term relationships where like, you know, it's run its course and there's nothing really wrong and no one's mad at each other. And like, you just know it's right to move on. And like how hard those types of break, you know, you hear people talk about like, it was devastating and it was so hard. And you do have that thing of like, there's nothing wrong on paper. Like everything about this is right, but inside we know it's not anymore. And how, how hard it is to be in your integrity and make the choice to to have an ending of something that other people might not get because it looks right on paper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I, I, you know, not to jump, but the next thing that I saw you put out was 
in the like sex and relationship space and not only was it in the sex and relationship space but it was getting into like kink dynamic stuff and uh i was all the way here for it and love it and also i know as someone who also is very public about you know kink and sex and sexuality i run a strip show i deal with a lot of Horphobia and a lot of pushback and people like oh you're too sexy even in your marketing like there's mm-hmm. a lot of there's a lot of opinions about mm-hmm. sex and sexuality especially in the business space yes and so not only was it a pivot I wonder how much of it was a pivot like to me I would think about Always when you're pivoting, there's the, oh my God, I'm going to lose all these followers. When I when I tell everyone, hey, this Instagram and this email list is moving away from this topic and moving into this topic, that's always scary. You're always, like for a lot of people, they're like, oh my God, I'm going to lose all these people on my list. And we go through ego stuff with that. And then it's like, and I'm potentially opening myself up to get a lot of responses of people are like, how dare you? You're a mother. Are you ashamed? Like, I can't believe you're doing this. Now I have all these feelings about getting my business education from someone who's talking about sex on the internet. Like, did you get that? Did that happen? Honestly, not really. But oh, I that's think good. because, <laughs> I mean, not that I would, there were times before the internet business or not the internet business geez the website business uh that I was talking about sex and relationships a lot before that so I think some people just like knew that was part of my vibe and I've never been one to like stray away from it I've always been so drawn to it working with sexuality and relationships has been something that I've been deeply devoted to for probably like eight years now um and it was just time to share more of that on the forefront and yeah there were some people that were like oh I don't resonate with this message like this wasn't why I I followed you and but there wasn't really in from what I received any shaming um I just I was so unavailable for that. And now that even if you're unavailable for it, it doesn't mean it doesn't happen because it can totally absolutely happen. Um, But yeah, I I don't, and I think the people who knew me knew that it wasn't like that big of a shock because it had been like an undercurrent of some of my stuff and my branding. Like there were photos of me, like kind of sexy, you know, like low shirts, my butt like being revealed. So it wasn't like it was the forefront of my business before, but it always had that like provocative edge, I think. So it was definitely a transition, but it wasn't anything that people were like, oh my God, this is like, so not you. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm glad you didn't get a lot of that. Cause I, it's something I thought I was like, oh, I wonder If she's getting any, you know, pearl clutching. (laughs) No. And like, honestly, too, I think because in what I was sharing as well is I was taking such a stand for when you become a mother and everyone's path is different, but this was something that felt so true for me. Like, yes, there was a period where I was like, I do not feel sexy or sexual right now. And like, this is far I wouldn't say far from my mind, but far from like where I'm at. Um, and then there came a time where I was like, oh, this is going to be 
something that I take an absolute stand for that just because your mother doesn't mean like you've stopped functioning as a sexual individual. Like I actually found so much power in motherhood and deep in my relationship and my sex life with my husband to like the next level as a mother. And so I just wanted to be such a strong stand for that because it was a fear of mine, like, Oh, what happens when you become a mom? Um, but I had really done a lot of work with like, that's not my story. And I'm taking a stand for, yeah, you can be a mom and you can be sexy as fuck and it can be even better than before. So that was really the energy that I was coming into it with. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay. So my last question, I didn't know this was going to be my last question, but it is, um, as someone who is so deeply studied and trained in so many coaching and, uh, brain changing and nervous system shifting modalities, how do you coach yourself through Mm. these decisions and through these hard periods? Such a great question, and it's constantly changing. I feel like, yeah, I think for me, which is, it's so interesting, even with all of these incredible tools and modalities, my like biggest, deepest thing is journaling. Um, There is something that just happens when I put pen to paper, when I'm really honest and raw with myself and I see it on the paper and just having that, I don't know, back and forth with myself, uh, I find to be so powerful, healing, reflective and everything. So yes, I pull certain modalities in certain times for sure. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just, so I, didn't expect to say that, but it's, it's the truth. Like that to me is such a a big one. And I would also say, um, it's not just me going at it alone, whatever it is I'm going through. Yes. There's some things that I process in my own space, but having people that I trust that I know can hold me through the emotions, through nervous system regulation, through all of that, uh, is, is huge. And as someone who used a lot of these modalities in like a silo by myself for so long, uh, it's been so powerful to really let people in and be held in various ways. Uh, and so, yeah, being, being in relationship, being in community, being in container, it has been so powerful and it's not necessarily like a single modality, that has shifted it for me when I'm in these things. I love it. And I, I'm a journaler too. And I always think, first of all, like that's where I started. I was a little kid. Like I've been, I was a little kid and like the basics are the basics, right? Like I feel like there's like these home base ways to get in touch with yourself. And like when you have your, those home base ways become the most important during hard times. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also really want everyone to tap into and hear when you're hearing a master coach or practitioner say, I don't do it by myself. I lean on my, my coaches, my therapists, my support team, my family, like the other people around me, because one of the things I notice 
uh, with my clients, and I don't know if you've seen this too, is I attract a lot of, I don't want to bother you, I don't want to burden you, high achievers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, people who, yeah, isolate, suffer in silence. And that like one of the biggest things that I think we learn in doing personal development work is that it's not quote unquote personal development work. It's like learning how to be a person. <laughs> like it's learning how to rely on other people yes. and raise your hand and ask for help. It, the goal is not to be able to now fix every problem without talking to anyone. The goal is learning when do I need to raise my hand? Mm, Yes, absolutely. That's been such a big lesson for me this past year is I thought I got into this personal development space like just for myself, but like the real work is in the relationship, is in the, you know, being in community, being a human interacting with other humans. And uh, I will add, even though we said like the therapist and the coach and the partner and the friends, like also getting in circle, like being in sacred circle space and gathering with intention and ritual and ceremony has been, yeah, so deeply healing and nourishing. So it, and what I, what I love about all of this too, is like, you don't need a fancy modality. Like, yes, those help. Those absolutely help and they they have their magic. But being committed and devoted to certain rituals and to being in community and gathering like that in relationship with people, like that that makes us human and it can be that simple. So, yeah. Yeah. Lean on your people, everybody. Lean on your people. <laughs> Lean on your people. In Elemental Entrepreneurship, in my membership – Always, I remind us that like we're a group of helpers, most of whom don't like ever like sharing that we're vulnerable or asking for help. And I'm like, so we have one of two options. We can have a thriving group full of people volunteering to help each other or a like completely silent group of burned out practitioners who all feel isolated in their own little rooms and we get outside. We get to decide which one we're going to be. Remember, like, think about how excited you are when someone shares that they're having a difficulty and you're like, oh, I can help with that and how on fire you feel to help someone you like. And that, like, what a gift it is that you're giving to your friends and to your community by bringing a problem to the circle and letting the people who are like, I can help with that. I can lend a hand. I can bring a meal over. I can't write like there's all the, I could help. I could have a conversation. You can DM me. There's all of these ways that I can help and how great that feels. And then knowing like, you're going to have your day where you're the person who's like, Oh God, I hate saying this out loud, but guys, I'm struggling and having everyone else get to come forward for you. Like that's such a, that is such a healing practice of doing work in group is just sharing and let and learning to trust that people will show up for you. I think that that's like the wound <laughs> that gets healed. It's like, oh, I can ask and people will show up for me and I won't be shamed or judged. It won't be held against me later. Absolutely. Absolutely. A thousand percent. And that has been like such a deep lesson and I'm still learning it in layers, but allowing myself to receive in that way has been such a game changer for me. Mm. This has been such a delicious conversation. Thank you so much. I also just am so glad we got a chance to talk and I love you and we're friends now. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, share with everyone, like where can they keep in touch with you? Where can they follow you right now so that they can watch this process unfold? <laughs> Over at Lexi D'Angelo on Instagram. So L-E-X-I-D-A-N-G-E-L-O. 
And yeah, you can find other links over on Instagram, but that's kind of the main place where I'm showing up and sharing and something might be coming soon, but (laughs) But who knows what it is. You're going to have to follow to find out everybody. (laughs) Follow to find out. Exactly. Open loop right there. Right now we're in the fuck around. And we love the fuck around. We'll have to find out when we find out. Exactly. I love you. This was so (laughs) Thank you for going in, you know, all different directions with me. Love it. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here, everybody. Thank you. That's our episode for today. Thank you as always for being here and for listening to the podcast. I know there are so many things that you could be doing with your time. So many things you could be listening to. It is an honor that you choose to be here. Connect with me on Instagram at intuitive edge coaching. Have a great day.